All right. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, what's going on, dude? What is up, man? Crazy week of uh, some bombshells in the NFL, man. It's been been a wild ride the last few days. Yeah, bombshells to say the least. Um, lots of lots of major headlines, and I'm excited to talk some NFL. I was, uh, you know, just when we thought, you know, this port, this time of the year, maybe we'd talk some more NBA, but just the NFL is just taking over, man. Yeah, um, it's NFL. Yeah. Living in the NFL's world. Side news for what it's worth, we're not going to talk a lot about this probably after this, but MLB reached an agreement today. So baseball's back. That's great news. More sports is always a good thing. Um, but baseball has a deal and free agency for baseball is go because I don't know how well you follow this, but literally there was like a two week period ish of free agency for baseball and then it chopped off basically because they they went to a lockout, so then you couldn't sign anybody. So now, literally, as of essentially, they're saying tomorrow players can report to facilities. I think you're going to see free agency literally really ramp up. Players that are trying to fill their teams and and compete for championships. There's some really good players still on the market, but besides that, um, let's talk some NBA. I had a couple of couple of topics to throw at you. I know you've been uh, pretty deep in the NBA lately. So the 76ers, last time we talked, made a trade for James Harden. Um, safe to say that worked out. I guess let me yeah. just get your opinions there. They're undefeated when James when James Harden's in the in the lineup. Um, has your opinion changed of the 76ers? We both were pretty confident that this was at least a good trade for them. I was kind of weary about how much it would work out but it looks to be working in the short, short time span. No, I don't, I don't remember what my initial response was, but I thought they'd keep their top three seed. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see it go higher or lower. I mean, it's just the, the West and the East are so competitive. The NBA is really at one of the better spots it's been in, in the past, you know, in terms of anybody could really do it kind of situation. But when you look at top duos in the NBA, uh, right now, actively playing, you'd have to say it's definitely Harden and Embiid, and it took eight minutes on the court together for it to work. Um, it's uh, it's where Harden really wanted to go when he was leaving the Rockets. Him and Embiid have been amazing. Ta- uh, Maxi has really come alive since the trade as well, so it's almost like they got a new player in him with how well he's been playing. And when Tobias Harris is your four, I would say that you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think I think this I think the 76ers, I'm not gonna say they won the, the trade, especially because we haven't even seen Ben Simmons take the court yet this year, which is kind of bonkers because this trade happened what two or so weeks ago. Um but tonight is the the big time matchup between the Sixers and the the, the Nets that everyone's been talking about for roughly two weeks. And it sounds like Ben Simmons probably gonna play the very next game. He wanted to avoid this. That screams pansy to me. I don't know about you. I get by your face. I'm guessing you agree. Backstrain, huh? Is that not? I'm sorry, dude, but like, if you're a competitor, you should live for these moments. He's not a competitor. He just no money. I I saw one report that was uh um that said if it tells you what kind of player he could have been or warning signs, his first question to an NBA veteran when he got to the league. Isn't what can I do better? How how do I go about being a professional? Is hey, what car did you buy with your first check? Like he was trying to figure out what car to buy. He's he's been he's been da- I think he dated a Kardashian, and you know he's in the news that he's he wants to be famous. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's not yeah. like it, it doesn't seem to me like he's a grueling competitor, or else he would be able to shoot beyond three feet. Um. I don't know. I, I like Ben Simmons. I hope is because I think I just like the idea of Ben Simmons because if he develops a shot, he's literally he could be no limits on how good he could be in the NBA. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I can't wait to hear Charles Barkley give it to him on the TNT panel. Yeah, his back injury. Uh huh. Hurting real real bad. You know, he'll yeah. be back next 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 two games. He'll be back, but it's just uh, that's kind of soft. I think for him to miss a game like this. Yeah. But but everyone's hoping, and we'll see how it works out. We'll see how it shakes down. But 
everyone's hoping the Nets get their stuff together and climb up to the sixth seed so we can get them in the postseason. Prediction for the game tonight? 76ers. I think, I think by, by a lot. Um Where's the I game at? I don't even know, honestly. Yeah, I'm looking right now. It's it's No, it's in Philly. Philly. It's in yeah, Philly. So That's right. So Kyrie is gonna play. play. Um Kyrie and Durant versus Harden and Embiid. Um Drummond's been playing okay, but I just still think they, they don't have enough depth down low. Embiid gets his matchups. I think he has a phenomenal game and Harden, Max. I, I like the 76ers just better right now the way they're playing. Um, say what you want about injuries, inconsistencies. It's net, Nets are a 500 team. They still got to figure they're it out. They're literally 500. We, yeah, we got to see this this team put it to life as to where the 76ers are 8-2 and two in their last 10. I mean, they're rolling. So I, I, I'd have to stick with the 76ers. Yeah, I want to talk about another team that's rolling. Um, this The Celtics. Uh, Celtics are up to the five seed. They're 40 and 27. They're on four game win streak, but they've won. We talked about this yesterday, like 14 of 17 or 14 of 16 or 15 or 17, a lot of games basically. Um, and they've really started to climb up the Eastern conference ladder. Uh, before I get into some questions I have, here's my first one initially, where are you at in the Celtics? I know you're not, you've never loved the Celtics. Um, you're kind of always kind of hard on them, but where are you at on them right now? What do you credit their turnaround to? What's your opinion on the Celtics right now? Um, I think right now you really have to to uh, look at the coach. I mean, he came in his first year. The Celtics were iffy, and it was, let's trade Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart can't get it done. Let's move this around, move that around. And he stuck with the team. No, uh, Him and Brad Stevens decided not to get rid of anybody. They stuck with the group. And Jason Tatum has really gone on a tear here this year that's, I mean, he's having one of the best years of his career. I believe in their last, like, so many games, he's, like, 33 points, eight boards, five assists or something. Like, just astounding numbers. They've won 14 of their last 16, and I think 23 of their last 28 or something like that, something close to those numbers. They've just – it's been their defense. I think they've they've got the number one defense in the NBA. Um, they all play hard defense. They've got about eight deep on players who will play defense, who commit to that end of the floor. So it starts there. And when you have uh, Jace Tatum playing the way he is, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Al Horford's playing really good for them. They're just a good team. Um they they had just a terrible start to the year. If they would have played the way we knew they could, which is how they're doing now, from the get-go, we'd be talking about a team add four or five more wins, possibly the one seed in the East. So this is a team that's been on the cusp and been relatively disappointing the last four or five years, you know, maybe barely getting in or early exits. The East is loaded, but right now they have a chance to uh, – to really assert themselves and the 76ers bulls and celtics are all sitting at 40 wins right now um sixers have played uh two less games but it's really close they could be the three seed or the six seed you know there's a lot of battle going on but the celtics have been the hottest team for two months and uh they're fun to watch they just had a terrible beginning um on March 1st, I started taking some notes of questions I wanted to ask you. And for whatever reason, we just haven't gotten down to it. Um, and it's crazy because in that 10-day stretch, the Celtics, have their season's completely changed. But I still want to pose this question. Is this the last season of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown if they don't if they don't go to the conference finals. So if they don't make it to the final four, if they don't make it to the Eastern conference finals, is this it for the two of them? I don't believe it's necessarily it for the two of them, but I believe everything around them will change. Um, They don't have a definitive high level point guard. I don't believe they ever really have. They've been injured when they got their Kemba Kyrie, you know, a lot of missed time. Um, they haven't really had a dominant center. It's been like Enos Cantor and some other guys that I haven't really been able to think about. Um, everyone loves Marcus Smart. He's the lifeblood of the team. But in the postseason, he's really struggled over the last few years. If we see Tatum and Brown putting up the numbers we know they can and them still falling short, um, Jalen Brown 
uh, maybe Jason Tatum staying. There's no way he moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I wasn't insinuating that Tatum's right. going anywhere. Yeah, Jalen Brown, I guess, is a possibility if they could get a haul for him. But I believe we could see the entire roster get changed around those two guys. What if they don't win a single playoff series? I mean, you get rid you of gotta Jalen blow just it up. Like that I mean, yeah. I, the thing is, is like you can't get out of the East, but like you look at it right now, they would be playing the Bulls in the first round. The Bulls were definitively the number one seed in the regular season, and then they lost their 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 backcourt. Lonzo six to eight weeks with a wrist, I believe it was a wrist, and Caruso six to eight weeks with a wrist. So they lost their their defensive backcourt, you know, and now their backups are trying to start and they've lost some games, but they're still forty and twenty-six, but that's not an easy matchup, DeRozan, Levine. You know, it, it sucks for them to have the slow start because you look at those top four teams, Heat, Bucks, 76ers, Bulls. That's tough that they're going to have to play one of them in the first round. But you still have to look at the Nets that are still there. I mean, if they can't make headway in the playoffs, you have to destroy it and try and try and rebuild it. You can't just keep hitting your head against the wall. At least I feel like that's what Celtics fans would say, too. Yeah. Next question is kind of a combo question. Um, are you aware of what's going on with John Wall in Houston? Not entirely. I don't, I, I don't feel like a lot of people actually talk about it. That's what I'm asking. I don't pay enough attention to, to John Wall to, to know or the Houston Rockets other than that. They've okay. Been the last night. <laughs> okay. I'm, well, I'm going to give another player, Kemba Walker. Yeah. Are you familiar with what's going on there? Um, gosh, I want to say he's a, I don't even know what team he plays for right now. Okay. It's really funny that you're a pretty avid NBA guy. Is he a Nick? He is. Okay. But he doesn't play for them. He's at home. So is John Wall. Both guys are completely healthy. And the Knicks are in a kind of a different scenario than the Rockets are in the sense of like the Knicks wanted to be a playoff team this year. They're not currently. Um, I was just going to get your opinion. The NBA has basically turned a blind eye to the fact that they are allowing fully healthy players. Ben Simmons was that whole situation was kind of really weird. Um, And they claimed mental health and everything like that. John Wall. 100% 100% healthy and says that he wants to be with the team, but only if they'll let him start. And he's a capable starter. Look up his numbers. I don't right, care what yeah. you think about John Wall. He's a capable starter in this league. Because of that, they're paying him. I don't know if you know this. John Wall is like the third highest paid player in the league. He makes like $44 million. Him and Russ have the exact same contract. He's sitting at home healthy. The reason I bring that up is because it's basically like open tanking. The Houston Rockets are basically paying $44 million to a player just so he they they can't compete. They don't want to win. I just want to know what your opinion's on that, because now the Knicks are doing it with Kemba Walker. Um, I guess um because the trade deadline's over, basically. Those players can't be traded. And yeah, neither guess, will agree to a buyout because they're getting paid so much. I guess I don't care because I, I don't know, you know, if, if you want to tank, that's fine. I don't think that one rookie all the time is going to turn your franchise around. There's so much player mobility. The NBA really relies on its stars for its rating. It's not really their content necessarily. They're just applying an arena for these guys to showcase what they can do. And essentially you're in a league where you have 30 teams and 20 of them make the playoffs if you count the play-in games. So I just, (coughs) the bottom end teams are always going to find their way to, to lose in the regular season or be out quickly in the playoffs. The first round, a lot of times for a couple series is almost like a, a snoozer. So, I mean, I, you knew what you were getting when you were, when you drafted a player like John wall, you know, like the type of just guy, he seems like he is. If you don't want to start him and that's openly taken, that's fine. Waste your money on a guy who probably would, I mean, help you win games, but. I don't really care, to be honest. I'm kind of just rambling on, thinking on the spot here. I, I don't care. I really don't turn okay. an eye, and I don't feel strongly one way or the other. Okay. 
Um, that's going to wrap up NBA talk. We got a lot of football to talk about here. That's kind of, um, yeah, it's kind of more important right now. So let's start here. Rodgers, back with the Packers. Um, they tagged Devontae Adams as well. Who knows what the actual contract is for Aaron Rodgers? It, it, it was reported by Scheffler that it was four years, $200 million. Ian Rappaport, uh, Scheffler hasn't reported Sorry, it. sorry. Ian Rappaport dropped that bomb. Uh, Pat McAfee on his show basically debunked it. Aaron Rodgers via his Twitter account debunked it. Um, well, who cares about the deal? Rodgers back to the Packers. Adams back on another one-year franchise tag. What do you think of the Rodgers staying? I mean, he's in a division that he owns, and he knows he's going to be able to play. He's going to be able to manipulate his numbers in some wins. He's going to have another shot at an MVP if he plays all 17 games, just based on the fact that they're going to be a 12-13 win team. And, he, I mean, it, it's comfort. He's got good players. He's got a good system. He, he's got a legacy there. I mean, it really wasn't shocking. We talked about the moves, and a lot of them made sense. But still, you think about it, whether he went to any team, it was like the Packers are still probably a better situation for him anyway. Oh, yeah, um, so it wasn't absolutely. it wasn't shocking in the end. I'm glad that it happened sooner rather than being drawn out all summer and then being anticlimactic. So it's nice that it's out of the way. We can expect him to still be a high fantasy pick. Him and Devontae, Aaron Jones, they all run it back. It looks like they're really gonna they're gonna lose the Darius Smith, but that's the only real big piece. And last year he didn't play any regular season games, I don't believe. So I think the Packers are just going to be just fine. They're going to be the same team they always were. you got to talk about Rodgers because back-to-back MVP. But at the end of the day, I think most people thought this was going to be the final destination. Yeah, it seemed more and more likely as it got closer to. And it just – there was too many reasons to stay. You know, in the last couple of years, you've had Drew Brees and Tom Brady both leave the NFC now. And it's – it's his division. It's his conference, really. I mean, you could argue that that not necessarily his the success has been there, but he's the best quarterback in that conference, bar none. Nobody's arguing that. Um, so it's his conference to lose essentially, and now he's getting Adams back too. Who knows how much of a deal that ends up being, um, or if Adams even plays because if they don't sign him to a contract, Adams might might sit. It didn't matter who the quarterback is. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't have a ton to say on this. Ultimately, if Aaron Rodgers is going to is going to look at fifty million dollars as his contract, uh, as Ian Rappaport reported, and Ian Rappaport is a hell of a credible guy, so I can't see him being too far off on those numbers. Um, don't look for the Packers to compete. Just my opinion. They'll compete in the regular season, just not in the playoffs. Uh, this is the this is the story of the week, though. This is the one I really wanted to get to: Seahawks Broncos. Uh, let's get down right to it. So the the Seattle Seahawks. Boy, oh boy, uh, they trade Russell Wilson. This kind of, I wouldn't say this one came out of nowhere, but because we kind of thought Russ could get traded this offseason. Um, and as soon as it literally came down an hour after the Rodgers news came down, like it was, it, it, this was within a two hour stretch of each other. Uh, Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick traded to the Broncos in exchange for two firsts. Two seconds, Noah Fant, and two other players that are escaping me. Shelby Harris, Sh- the Shelby corner. Shelby Harris and uh, Drew Locke. And Drew Locke, thank you. So Drew Locke, the quarterback, the backup quarterback of the Broncos, the former um, former starter. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk Broncos here. First off, I thought it was a pretty equal trade. And what I spoke about two weeks ago on the drive home pod and what I spoke about with you is I thought Russell Wilson would get roughly four picks. Um, I was not too far off. They got two first, two seconds and multiple players. Um, I'd argue they probably got more than what I thought they would get. Uh, what did you think about the value as far as that, how that went down? I mean, yeah, if you're the Seahawks, I don't know, you get a quarterback who's not great. But you do have a quarterback. I mean, that's answered. You know, you can run with Drew Locke if if the season started tomorrow. 
you get a good defensive lineman. I thought that would help their front seven, but then they lose Bobby Wagner. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't know if you'd get much more. I mean, you got three guys who are going to start for you, and you got five draft picks, four in the first two rounds. I think that value is – I don't know how picky they can be with how many draft picks they lost for Jamal Adams. I mean, you're trying to recover from that. So I think the Seahawks just knew they had to get rid of them. I don't know how many people are offering that from the AFC side. Allegedly, the Steelers weren't making any offers for Russ. The other two teams that have been talked about were in the NFC, so maybe it's all that they had. But I thought the trade was okay when I saw it for Seattle. I was like, they could work with this. I didn't anticipate, again, cutting Bobby Wagner. But then you look at the Broncos, and you got Russell Wilson. I mean, there's nothing at the moment, at least since I've watched football. I know there's a lot of people I talk to that are older that are like, man, that's it's a lot to give up for that or this. And it's like. You know, I've seen a lot of teams do a lot of things right and then just not have a quarterback, and it just matters that much. Like, And I've seen some teams, like the Texans, and it's like, how are they making the playoffs? And it's like, well, they have Watson and Hopkins. Oh, you tell me all you need is an elite quarterback and one stud out on the perimeter and you can win 10 games? Yeah, I'm t- that's what I'm telling you. So I, I, don't, I can't be mad at the Broncos for what they did at all. I mean, I go, I, I look at multiple things here. So first off, 300 days ago, we thought the Bengals were poverty. But they bring in an elite wide receiver and they have an elite quarterback, and that changed a lot of things to them. You know, um, the Broncos were that roster that everyone was talking about. They were that, that quarterback away. Tampa two years ago, the Rams last year. I spoke about this again. It's a copycat league. I think a lot of people were like, we are that next team. Um, And I I don't think, by the way, I also want to say, I don't think the Broncos were the only team that was that elite quarterback away from really pushing themselves over the the hump. But the Broncos were the team that was willing to do it. Um, I love this trade for them. I want to pump everybody's brakes by saying that the Broncos have better weapons than the Seahawks do. Uh, Personally, I think he downgraded with weapons. Not saying that the Broncos have bad weapons. That's not what I'm getting at at all. But I, I don't think they're better than Seattle's by any stretch of the imagination. He does have a better offensive line. I think he's going to be better equipped to be with an offensive head coach. And that defense is way better. Seattle's defense was atrocious. Um, the home field advantage is pretty equal. The 12s are great, but Mile High has been a great place when, that, when the Denver Broncos are really good. So I, I think the Broncos are, are really well off. But I will say this. Seattle, I, I said this in, in a kind of a joking manner, but I think the Seattle Seahawks are a quarter away from being, quarterback away from being extremely good. Not necessarily defensively because they have some issues there, but they have now, they have cap space and they have picks. They literally need a quarterback. If I'm a quarterback today walking into the NFL and you're telling me I get DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Noah Fant and Chris Carson, yeah, bro, let's go. Let's go. Like, I'm ready. What do I got to do? Sign me up. Drew Locke, I'm, you'll know what you have with him because, like, holy hell, he's got pieces. And I'm not saying he didn't have pieces in Denver because he did. I'm just – what I'm alluding to is the Seahawks have a lot of issues. Russ wasn't one of them. And two years ago, this team won 12 games. Another quarterback could come in there and win 12 tomorrow with what they have offensively because they're so loaded offensively. Who cares about their defense? They can fix those things, drafting in them, which they haven't had a ton of success drafting in the past. I just, I, w- I want to speak, you know, Kyler Miller, uh, faithful listener here. He's probably going to listen to this pod with a tear in his eye. But I, hmm. I mean, I mean this, if, if the Seattle Seahawks landed a halfway decent quarterback, they would be very good. And I think that they would contend in that division, which is one of, one of the toughest, the AFC West being the toughest in the league. The NFC West is still right there. Um, I don't know what quarterbacks are potentially available. If they're, I, there's no way in hell the Niners trade him to Seattle, Jimmy G to Seattle. Like they're just not going to allow that. But he would be a perfect fit there. Um, there's some, there's a quarterback out there that people are talking about. Uh, they're comparing to like Patrick Mahomes, Trey Lance, like freak athletic ability, great arm. That Malik Malik Willis or whatever his name I is. I think most people are consensus that he's got the best ability out of the quarterbacks, but he's the he's not a day one starter. He needs correct. 
He need, yeah. But so talent wise, he's he's. But what did you say just a minute ago? Season starts today. They got Drew Locke, right? Right. Who knows? Maybe that's an option, or maybe they got the capital. Okay, they got all this draft capital finally because they haven't had any, and they're willing to let Drew Locke play this year, knowing Drew Locke don't win a lot of games, and attack what is supposed to be a loaded QB class next year. At least people are speaking that to be the case. Who knows what that actually is? Uh, potentially Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and other guys too. I don't know. I don't think the Seahawks. You can call me crazy. I think they're in good shape. I know they just released Bobby Wagner and they just traded Russell Wilson. This team still has a ton of pieces and they got a, uh, a Pro Bowl tight end in, in return. Um, defensive lineman. I I don't think they're as far away as people think they are. Well, Do you agree the, or disagree there? I disagree. I think the Seahawks are dead meat. I think they're I think they're well, dead next. Um. Now, if they're court, no, again, next year, maybe a, I'm if, saying if they get a quarterback, maybe they are dead meat with Drew yeah, Locke. I agree there. We'll have to see again. Like just talking about the trade, I, I, looking at the Seahawks right now, they're in the middle of turning over a lot of new leaves and possibilities. We'll see what they become. They have to have had a plan when they acquired all this stuff. Is it Deshaun Watson? Is it this is that? I don't know. But focusing on the Broncos side, you know, I was just doing like a little bit of research on you know, what happened to them last year and who they play next year now with Russell Wilson. Um, DK Metcalf, you know, is there a reason possibly he could have fell to the third round and Russell Wilson made decaf who he is now? Or no, and, and, and there's also the other argument they found Tyler Lockett in the third round or after, and he was thought of as a special teams guy. And he's made some great plays, but that ball's been in a breadbasket on most of them from Russell Wilson. You know, he's going to make any player look better. So when you take the raw talent of Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, you'd have to expect those guys, if they've been B, B-plus players, to now be A, A-plus players, or retrospectively. So the weapons are going to look just as good. And then you look at the Broncos. I had them at 10-7 and seven before the season started. They ended up finishing 7-10. and 10. Okay. What Russell does is you look in your division at the quarterbacks you had to play. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr. You now have Russell Wilson. The Broncos were 1-5 in the division last year and 6-5 and five versus the rest of the NFL. Let's swing the division two and make them 3-3 three and three and swing yeah. the rest of the NFL two and make them 8-3. and three. That's an 11-6 and six football team. I mean, if they... Russell Wilson, you wouldn't be shocked to say he gives them four more wins on the year. Then you look at their opponents. They play the Panthers. They play the Jaguars. They play the Jets. They play the Texans. Who's the Colts quarterback? What's going on in Arizona? We saw what they looked like the second half of the of the season. I just think that Russell Wilson changes everything for the Broncos. The Seahawks are a big question mark because we got to see it, what all they recover. But the Broncos immediately today, I've seen some posts, he went to a worse coach in a harder division. Russell, because he was in the NFC West, was part of the reason they said that was the hardest division. Now he's in the AFC West, and he's a reason that that's the hardest division. Russ isn't scared of anybody. None of these quarterbacks are. Like, none of these quarterbacks, so you talk about, like, the top five to ten quarterbacks, they're not intimidated. across. I don't think Russell Wilson, believe it or not, all the stats people, Russell Wilson has the same amount of Super Bowl rings as Patrick Mahomes. He's got more rings than Carr and Herbert have appearances. So, I mean, I don't think that's the case. But you look at the Broncos playing a fourth-place schedule, getting Russell Wilson at mile high, the work he's going to do with that that offensive room, the pieces they have on defense. Who knows, maybe Bobby follows him or Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals. I mean, middle linebacker is an issue for the Broncos, but – I think the Broncos are an immediate, immediate challenger in the AFC for for home field in the playoffs. So it's always going to be the Chiefs' division, but with Russell Wilson, I think the Broncos win a lot of those close games that that they've been losing over the past two or three years. Yeah, uh, one thing that I want to point out that Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes have had a very similar trajectory in the league. 
Russell Wilson comes in the league, and the Seahawks had just paid a guy, Matt Flynn, if you remember him. Oh, um, yeah, and they drafted Russ, and he balled out in the preseason, and they actually named him the day one starter his rookie year. He yeah, set the league on fire. Yeah. Set the league on fire. Made the playoffs. They didn't win the, They didn't win a playoff game or whatever, but uh, I think they made the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes, he sat his first year, but his first real year, he set the league on fire. Threw 50 touchdowns, had a hell of a, you know, a hell of a run, went to the AFC championship game. Well, the next year, Russ's second year, he won the Super Bowl. Okay? Where Patrick Mahomes' second year, he won the Super Bowl. And, and then, obviously, what would follow Russ's third year, he loses the Super Bowl. And then in Patrick's third year, he loses the Super Bowl. Very similar trajectory in that sense. But um, for what it's worth, Russ ain't scared of anybody. And I think he, he looks at himself toe-to-toe with everybody in this league and thinks that he's he's just as good. And we, we've we been on him for a couple of years now as one of the better quarterbacks in the league at one point saying he was the best. Um, real quick for me, best quarterback in the AFC West, Mahomes, right? Yes. I think it's close, but yeah. Two. Wilson. I agree. And then Herbert, right behind him. Yeah, and <laughs> – Derek Carr is by far the best fourth best quarterback. <laughs> it ain't close. The, no, it's not. And I, I also want to point out for people that think maybe Derek Carr is a distant fourth, he beat Justin Herbert week 18. Outplayed him. At, <laughs> I mean, Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. Yeah, and something else, I know I was getting a lot, uh, a little bit of slack and pushback when I made that list of all the AFC quarterbacks. I genuinely forgot to put Baker on. But – um. Just a little side note on him and maybe a little little shout out to my dad if he's listening. But, you know, I told you guys that, you know, there was expectations for the Browns because of how well Baker played two years ago. And he was really coming into his own. Not that he was like a world beater, but he played his best season. And then yeah. everyone said last year, you know, there's a lot of Browns fans. Get Baker out. We want Keenum in. We'd rather have this and that. It's like I watched my dad over the past two weeks. He can't sit right. He can't lay right. He can't move. The pain's at a constant 7 out of 10 spikes to 11 when he just, like, moves his neck the wrong way. Well, he went in for surgery today to figure out what was going on. They repaired a torn labrum for my dad. That's what Baker was playing in the NFL on Sundays with. Like, that blows my mind. It is a whole new level of perception like, I just don't think we can count Baker's last year. I'm not saying he deserves to be up there with Herbert and Mahomes, but, like, it's a, it's a good quarterback. It's a serviceable quarterback, especially when you look at their roster. Now we'll see what happens. OBJ's obviously gone. Is Landry gone? You know, we'll see how that all goes. But they're run first team, this and that. But it just it comes back to my full point that you just look at the AFC and how how deep it is and how good it is right now, and it's just – the NFL is so awesome, and we grew up with, like, a lot of, like, strength in the NFC and, like, a couple of powers in the AFC, you know, Big Ben, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and then it's slowly just tilted on his head, and it's like the NFC is, like, sometimes people, like, name five NFC quarterbacks, and I'm like, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Dak, Kyler, and it takes me a minute to even get that fifth one out, like, who do I even want to say, so AFC is a gauntlet and it is awesome to watch and um if you are not in the nfl feel free to bet on some of these teams you know making it far shout out your dad speedy recovery um bloody brad Eppert senior hopefully yes. all surgery went well, well. You. Surgery well. They, they said six yeah. weeks and he should be back at it next qb i want to talk about traded uh yesterday Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders. So the Colts just weren't digging what they had. I The, the thing is, is I understand this move. I'm just going to go right into it. I understand this move if it occurs prior to Aaron Rodgers and to the Russell Wilson trade. It occurred after. What's their plan? Help me out here. Okay, first, I know I you just, you like Carson Wentz, so I well, I, I know your opinion. I did. I, I did. did. I, I'm out. I'm out on Carson. I'm done. Really? Yeah, okay. I'm out on Carson. Uh, okay. What I thought was funny is that 
I believe the Vegas odds for Washington to win the Super Bowl yeah. went down after they got Carson. They, they stayed the same. They stayed the uh, same. There was one. There was one book <laughs> that actually went down. I thought that was just hilarious. But anyway, um, I was listening to Pat McAfee and they talked about it. You know, Tom Brady's on the market, and they settle for Philip Rivers because he's familiar with Frank Wright's system. And then Matt Stafford is apparently zillowing houses in Indianapolis. But they want to go with Carson because he's comfortable with Frank Wright. Is it Frank Wright, maybe? Like, when is he going to get it right at the quarterback position? I mean, he's a head coach that doesn't seem to be on the hot seat when the Colts should be way better than they are. Then you look at Carson Wentz, who's just raw talent. I believe he has a lot of ability. But his consistency is awful. His lows are lower than it. Quarterbacks like Nathan Peterman, those are the kind of lows we're talking about with Carson. They happen at the worst times, and the amount of of multiple reports of he doesn't respond well to hard coaching, there's no leadership in that guy. He's tough to get along with in a locker room. The moment adversity hits, he crumbles, and we see it time after time with Carson Wentz. And what did I say before the season? I think Carson is going to have a completely revamped year, best he can have, because if there's any place that can fix him, he's there. Frank Wright, this roster. Well, guess what? It didn't, so I don't believe he's fixable. But Ron Rivera and the Washington Commanders is a better spot for him than the Colts? No, I don't. I don't think it is. I disagree with what you just said. You said he couldn't be fixed. So just hypothetically speaking, his first year in the league, 16 and 14, touchdown to interception. Okay. His second year in the league, 33 and 7. Um, I believe that was his Super Bowl MVP year, but he got he got hurt. hurt. So he was going to the Super Bowl. Everybody was predicting he was gonna win the MVP. He got hurt, right? So a great year. Then 21 and 7. Then 27 and 7 with Philly, his one of his last years, then his last year with Philly, 16 and 15. He was back to 27 and 7, 3,500 yards, 94 passer rating. That's a that's a good season, man. And they yeah. started poorly. I would have built on that. What's the difference between Carson and Mitch Trubisky? What? What's the difference? He, besides Mitch Trubisky's never thrown 27 touchdowns in his life, and he's done it three times. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, his 27 – his interceptions are in such bad spots. He doesn't seem to win the close game. I mean, the, that Eagles team, I mean, he had the best offensive line in the league with Alshon Jeff. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think Carson – No, no, bro. I'm sorry. Trubisky's a terrible example. His best career year was his second year. He okay. was 24 touchdowns, 12 picks. That's his best There's, year ever. I, I right now can't make a solid argument that Carson's better than Baker Mayfield. They're just okay quarterbacks somewhere in the middle of the road. Carson, when I say fixed, I'm talking about Carson's never going to be in the conversation for top 10 to 12 quarterbacks in the league. He's just not going to ever be there. He's he at his best. He's like the 13th or 14th best quarterback. I think that's right about where Baker is. Baker's best year was 26 touchdowns, eight picks. So slightly less than what Carson's was. I mean, he can throw touchdowns, but he had two games at the end of the season, win and you're in, and he had terrible games in both. Can I, can, I, can I say something real quick? Because it it's funny that you brought up Baker. How many playoff games has Carson Wentz won? Tough. I don't think, I don't think he's won any. He hasn't. In the league seven okay. years on some good rosters. Time Chip out, though. He got hurt with Philly, but, I mean. Time out. He got hurt the year they literally won the Super Bowl, and he won a bazillion of those games. Yep. Time out. In 2020, Baker Mayfield, 3,500 yards, 26 in 8, 95 pass rating. That's in 2020. Okay? And what did we say about Baker coming into this year? They were Super Bowl favorites. Not they were lit- contenders, for Dude, sure. contenders, AFC, contenders, AFC, AFC. They were talked about being Maybe in the AFC. in the Cleveland area, there's some friends and family who mm-hmm. are saying that. They were going to hear me out. Carson Wentz is st- their identical stats: thirty-five hundred yards, twenty-seven touchdowns, seven picks, and he gets traded. And he gets traded. They, were, they were going to cut him. They were going to cut him. And, and we're crowning Baker. I don't agree with the Colts' decision. 
You just did. No, no. I, them not having a plan makes no sense. Agreed. Carson yes. was their best. Carson was their best option, but he's not. Carson's not. These are the exact same stats. They're the exact same. Exactly, and I'm not. I'm. I don't want Baker to play. I don't want Baker to start for my team. Like. They both threw 3,563 yards, identical yardage. Yeah. Carson had one more touchdown and one less pick, and we were crowning the Browns as Super Bowl favorites, and literally we but are cutting Carson. Super Bowl contenders too. I think both teams had the same aspirations. We should be winning our division. The Browns and Colts both said we should win our division. And their quarterbacks let him down. Now, Baker tore his labrum. Carson sprained two ankles on one play. They both throw the dumbest. There's times where Baker, it's like, wow, what a great throw. That's what he can be. And same thing with Carson. And then there's other times where it's like, that's the guy we know. When Baker throws a pick, it's like, well, there's the Baker we know. It's the same thing with Carson. A left-handed two-yard pick six to the Titans. Well, that's the Carson we know. They're, I'm they're not the, saying they're not the same player because I actually I so, somewhat agree okay, with you. Maybe we're what, agree, what, what what I'm trying to relay. Yeah. It's almost a it's almost an indictment on Baker. Baker's talked about getting a forty million dollar contract going into this year. Obviously, he got hurt, but going into last year, forty million was on the table. The exact same season just happened out of cars. The, I just read it to you. The exact same. And the Colts are like, now nah, let's ship him out. Let's cut him. <laughs> they were talking about cutting him. Well, the the Colts also now have, I believe, like it's number one. They got like what sixty eight million open cap space now. They got a lot. And and the Browns, I just still think that it, this is you opened my eyes to something. I had no idea their stats were that close. They're identical. Yeah, I just think that Baker, if he had signed that deal. When he tears his labrum, he just doesn't play the rest of the season. There is no reason Baker should have been on the field for the last eight games. Correct. I agree. There's no reason. So I just think that taints his numbers. I think that Baker was steadily getting a little bit better and better, and then he had his best year. They won the – they were second in the division, went to a playoff series as the fifth seed – fifth or sixth seed – Beat the Steelers in their place and then had a nail biter versus the Chiefs, I believe. With they took Chad a drink on the road. The scamper, the scamper from yeah. Chad Henney, I believe. Anyway, yeah. uh, and then it's like, all right, the next season they're going to build on this. They they get you know some more pieces, and it's like Browns are going. They have a slow start their first four games. Baker throws a pick, makes a tackle on the interception, and just a frag grenade goes off in his left shoulder. And for some reason, they didn't switch to Keenan. Uh, Keenum, Ch- Case Keenum, excuse me. Yeah. I just I look at the coaching decision there. Like, sometimes you have to save a guy from himself. Of course, Baker's that macho man, and maybe that's on him. I'm going to play through it, coach. You got me. But they're rigging up, like, saw 10 contraptions on his shoulder for him to play in football games, and it just made no sense. And I can see the frustration from Browns fans. But what I'm saying is, the Browns fans' frustration was because expectations were built up by Baker. And then he got hurt. And I I just saying I just think he should have been on the field. And Carson, he had a bad start, bad end. He had ten games in the middle of the season where that team was rolling. But then, you know, it got hot in the kitchen and Carson Wentz crumbled. He crumbled under pressure. And that's why I say, like, Carson was having that great regular season. Maybe it was just fate in the stars that he got hurt. Because once it got to the playoffs, who's to say he wouldn't have started playing his worst football? Because I've never seen him play, I, I don't know, he's got a great comeback win in the last two years. It was, what, against the Giants on a Thursday night, down 11 with five minutes left? I just, I, Carson isn't, he's just not who I thought he was. And I don't think he's ever going to be. Yeah, and I wasn't trying to make this a Baker conversation. I literally, in my notes, I have Baker's not written down at all. But it was so funny that you brought him up because let me just check his stats. Let me see how right Brett is. Wow, my eyes are opened. I, I think Carson Wentz. Remember how how hard was I on Washington last year? I said they yep. didn't improve. I was I almost nailed them. I'm like they're a below 500 football team. They'll beat a lot of teams. They'll lose a lot of teams. 
They went from seven and nine to seven and ten, or whatever it was. Like they'll improve this year. They are better with Carson Wentz. I hope so. They upgraded. They upgraded a quarterback, not elite quarterback, but they upgraded. They I do upgraded. love me some Heineke though. <laughs> I do love hey. watching me some Taylor Heineke. He's a warrior. Hey. You know what? Warrior. This is how we're closing this puppy out. Okay, we did this a couple weeks ago. It was a little fun. I put you on the cuff or on the on the spot. I'm gonna do it again. You ready? Let me let me just get one word out real quick because it is a it is a little bit of a subject and we haven't touched on it. Let me just get my just a little Hit throw me. it out there. If you guys are listening, think, something to think about. Calvin Ridley. Oh shoot! I forgot to put in my notes. My apologies. You, no, you're okay. But Calvin Ridley, as we know, Tony Noel, shout out. You said something that I believe totally is correct, whether it makes sense or not. The NFL values their rules. Let me cut you off before you even get into it. Go ahead. Go ahead. A lot of people give Tony Noel a lot of crap because he is a a ref thumper. Okay. He's a a Raider homer. And I know you guys are going to like, oh, Tony Noel said this. Open your minds and now listen to Brad. Because Tony Noel said this and I 100% agreed. Yeah, I I do too. and, And I didn't even think of it until Tony said it. The NFL values their rules over the law. It's consistent. It's consistent. I I, I can't think of an example where that statement isn't true. I just Mm -hmm. really can't. With that being said, the whole give people their uh, their mental health space and um, mental health awareness is still coming around. For a long time, people were just told, you know, you're soft, you know, shake it off, get over it. That type of stuff was like the standard. Okay. So Calvin Ridley leaves the Falcons basically on mental health. You know, I need space. I'm not in the right mindset. Yeah. Is it crazy for me to think that this is just a possibility? Because it just doesn't make sense. $1,500 on three different parlays when you're making millions of dollars, obviously going to get caught. Maybe. The stigma around Calvin Ridley, all the social media people, what he's going to see on Twitter is so soft, dude. Play football. Like, what do you mean your mental space? And Calvin Ridley really doesn't like that. And maybe he needs more time. Do you think he gambled to get caught on purpose so he could just get a year off? And instead of being mental health, he's suspended for gambling. And that's easier to take. Than They're being not going to pay him now, though. They might not pay him. Maybe it's not about the money. But I'm just saying, what if in his eyes, it's easier to say, yeah, I got caught slipping. I don't have a gambling addiction. It's my bad. You know, I'll come back healthier in 2023. Maybe he's really yeah. talking about his mind. What yeah. if he's like, what's the easiest way to get a year off? I don't do drugs. I can't. I don't want to get hurt. Let me throw $500. That'll get caught by 1500 That's 500 on three different parlays. Get caught yep. by the NFL. Hey, I'm out for a year. Maybe I'll get traded. Maybe not. The Matt Ryan's half the salary for the Falcons. We're not going to be that good. We got no chance to win it all anyway. I'm going to take a year, and this was the easiest way. I'm not saying he did that. I'm just think, saying I haven't. I don't heard. think. I don't think he thought it was going to be a year. Well, either way, even if it was half a year, whatever it was, I have a feeling that it's potentially because it's so easy to not do. Have a friend bet for you. Don't bet at all. Bet on any of the other sports. No one cares if you gamble. People do it all the time. You just can't gamble on your sport. And a lot of people, you know, the conversation, oh, you should be able to. Listen, it compromises the integrity of the league. And everyone always says, the shelf life for a player is so short. Exactly. You have 11 years you can't bet on NFL football while you're in it. I mean, it's very simple, straightforward. I have no problem with the punishments, this and that. I'm just saying I haven't heard it spoken about one time. And I was at work thinking to myself, and I was like, what if he wanted to get caught? It's just such a small amount. People who make that kind of money are throwing down, you know, triple quick, digits, double digits before uh, the combo. You, you said this twice, and I, I don't want I didn't want to interrupt you, but I want to stop you quick. You keep saying it's such a small amount. You're better. And a lot of times you like to bet parlays. I've gotten to know you. Five hundred dollars out of an eight game parlay, that's paying out a shit ton of money, isn't no, it, Brad? I, I'm just saying for it's a small amount for the money he makes. Five hundred dollars to him is not. Yeah, but yeah, but five hundred dollars on an eight game parlay is basically you're pissing money away, correct? I mean, I guess, but if if he was if he knew enough about it, that means he's done it in the past, not on this account. It just seems weird that out of nowhere, 
even if it is a ton, maybe that's why I wanted to get flagged. How many people are putting five hundred dollars on parlays? <clears throat> like that kind of even goes to the point if you twist it a different way. You're right, by the way. If you guys are listening, you never gambled. Five hundred is stupid to put on even a three game parlay almost at times. I also want to say this. You so said for the for the money he makes, he was actually on a rookie contract. He had a four year, ten million dollar contract. So with his agents, I I don't think he's he's a millionaire. He's a millionaire. Maybe I'm wrong. Never. I'm just saying he's not loaded. Like he's not like he needed right, to but, play this year. He's missing. So, he's so so. What would stand out? Three five hundred dollar parlays. Yeah, those would probably pop off on Fanduel. Who's doing that? Oh, yeah. Calvin Ridley from the Falcons. Oh, he's betting on the Falcons. There was no type of discreetness about this. It just screams like, hey, give me a suspension. Like, I just, I don't know. I was just kind of turning it in my own mind. And it was like, to me, there was no subtleness or sneakiness or self-awareness about this entire thing. It just like, it would make more sense. It would make more sense if in 20 years he came out and he's like, yeah, I just needed more time off. And I didn't like that people were telling me I was soft from mental illness. So I tried to think of the easiest way to get suspended. That wasn't drugs or self bodily harm. I don't think you're crazy. I'm just saying I don't think think you're crazy at all. I I think that's it's definitely in the realm. I I will say this, though, while I somewhat agree with you, I don't think he ever thought to himself, oh, I'll get a year suspension. Because I don't think he would have done it. Because he's probably going to lose. He's going to lose like four million dollars this year, to a guy that's only made probably five in his life. And maybe a credit to the post that's going on. Maybe he's like, man, Greg Hardy just beats the shit out of women and gets four games. I'll probably only get six for gambling. Yeah, seriously. He could have used that as like reason to think that he would have not gotten a full year. Maybe it's more than he wanted, but at the same time. It just uh, nothing about it again seems subtle, and I think that it's more believable, at least in my own mind. We'll never know that. Yeah, he just did that on purpose so that he could get suspended, so that the narrative around him is, "Wow, man, what a stupid bet! Are you like, why would you do that?" Other than like, dude, you're soft. Like, quit crying and get on the football field. Like, mental health is serious, and especially people who deal with those issues. So maybe he was tired of being told about it and reading about it and hearing about it. Let's change the narrative. Why are you not playing football games? I threw down on a parlay on my own team to win. How stupid is the NFL, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because, honestly, I had it in my notes the other day and forgot about it. Um, all right, here we go. I did this a couple weeks ago with you, and it went over well. People hit me up over it. Um, we're going to do it again. Right. Name the quarterback. Week one. Uh, you ready? Uh, are we doing the whole team? It's rapid fire. We're doing the whole league. Okay. Russell Wilson's still a giant. Let's go. <laughs> Lions. Jared Goff. Giants. Daniel Jones. Okay. I'll let, by the way, I'll only intervene when I disagree. Panthers. <laughs> oh. Sam Darnold, <laughs> he's still on the roster, I guess. Oh, they, they still got Cam. Cam. Cam's going to be the week one starter. God, this is disgusting. Panthers fans, gosh, this is the first time I'm, like, thinking about it. That sucks. I, I honest to God. Gonna, uh, at, this, at this point, it's probably going to be a rookie. I think they just go rookie quarterback. Somebody's Rose. going to, right? Somebody's going to. I think it'll yeah, be a rookie. Why not the Panthers? Bears. Fields. Agree. Uh, Falcons. Matt Ryan. Yep. Seahawks. Oh. Deshaun Watson. Or Drew. I agree. <laughs> or Drew. <laughs> Commanders. Carson. Commander Carson, dude. Let's go. <laughs> Carson Commander. Vikings. Still gonna be Kirk. I know there's whispers. It's gonna be Kirk. Yeah, I think so too. Saints in that contract. Saints. Oof. Rumors they're going for Jimmy G. Taysom Hill. 
disagree. I think it's Jameis. Give me Eagles. Eagles. Jalen Hurts. If the Seahawks don't get to Sean Watts, I think the Eagles do. Uh, Niners. Trey Lance. Yeah, I agree. Cardinals. Kyler. Rams. Stafford. Stafford. Cowboys, Dak. Dak. Buccaneers. I think uh, who's the who's the guy right now? Gabbert? Is it Blaine Gabbert? It's, it's Gabbert and, and Kyle Trask are the I two. I think Blaine Gabbert starts week one. I think this is Jimmy G. I think they go out and get Jimmy G. Okay. I, I, I think they have too much of a win now. I, 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 their roster is still built from their Super Bowl run. You, you can't go to war with Blaine Gabbert. I just, you can't. You can't. Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Jags, Trevor Lawrence, right? Yep. Texans. Davis Mills. Agree. Get you some of Davis Mills this year. I'm excited to see yeah. him play. Yeah, he's he's playing well. Jets. Wilson. Yep. Uh, Broncos. Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Uh, Ravens. Lamar Jackson. I think so. Browns. Baker. Okay. Chargers. Herbert. Dolphins. Tua. I like Mike McDaniel, by the way. Really like him a lot. I think they're going to do big things down there in Miami. Colts. Jimmy Very interesting here, by the way. Jimmy Garoppolo to the Colts. Okay. Steelers. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston to the Steelers. Patriots, Mac Jones, Raiders. Derek Carr. I think he's the base player. Okay. Bengals, Burrow. Burrow. Uh, Bills, Josh Allen. Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, oh. Titans. Tannehill. I think they stay with Tannehill. Okay. Derrick Henry's team. Cool. All right. That'll uh Yeah, some of the movements already happened. It's crazy. It's March. Yeah, dude. I but yeah, for, for those of you keeping up, I guess a little bit was uh Saints go for Garoppolo, but the Colts pull him away. They I don't think they want to stick with Jameis Winston. Uh Steelers pull him out, maybe pay him a little bit more. Um, I also gave Mitch Trubisky no starting spot. I still think the Steelers are in play for Mitch Trubisky. I don't think the Giants are. I know there's rumors there. I think they stick with Daniel Jones under the new coach. But the new coach is from the Bills, so I understand why they would think Mitch could go there. It totally makes sense. Um, I just don't know. Breaking news. Right now. While we've been potting. Okay. What's the best division in football? AFC West. Okay. And what does the AFC West have? Four great quarterbacks, right? Yeah. You're going to need wow. a pass rusher. I see it. Khalil Mack traded from the Bears to the Chargers. Khalil Ooh. Mack, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Kenneth Murray, Chris Harris Jr., and maybe J.C. Jackson. They say we see the quarterbacks. We have our own. We're going to attack yours. Compensation. Chargers are expected to. What? Yes. This is. And like you said, they are one of the leaders to land JC Jackson. They might have one of the best defenses in the league. And they already signed Mike Williams. They're set for their offense next year. And oh. they have a top and they have a mid-round pick. I said this already. To some people privately, the AFC West also drew the NFC West as their uh, one of their other divisions. We're getting bangers I, all year long. You guys to understand, seventy percent of the primetime games this year will be AFC West and NFC West teams. It'll end with a West playing <laughs> each other or playing yeah. their own division: Rams, Cardinals, Chargers, Raiders. Blah blah blah. Throw in some random other games. Uh, wow, dude. Khalil, the NFL, dude. It just keeps churning out shit to talk about, and I love it, man. Khalil, hey, get you some, Khalil. There was a time where people said, who's the best interior, like, who's the best front seven guy? Is it Khalil Mack or Aaron Donald for two or three years? And Aaron Donald's reigns from Khalil was going to die in Chicago. This is revival town. Joey Bosa. And Khalil you know, Mack coming off the edge. People would talk about Khalil Mack as the best defensive player in the league if it wasn't for Aaron Donald and TJ Watt. 
Yeah, and we, we forget about Khalil Mack. We forget about him. Cares about the remember when Khalil Mack missed like the first two and he got traded, came in and like beat the destroyed Packers people. He beat the Packers <laughs> by himself. Yeah, was, on Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football. Yeah, he was like eight for ten for eighty yards, three picks, four fumble recoveries, eight rushing touch. It was ridiculous. He, oh. hey man, I, I am a Steelers fan, but I am also an NFL fan. I believe the Steelers are going to be seventeen and zero, and when they lose, they'll be sixteen and one. And if they lose again, they'll be fifteen and two. But when the Steelers are not on, I love the other 30 teams and watching how they compete and like the structure of everything. I'm an NFL fan in its entirety. And this move just the AFC is so screwed. Like if, if the Steelers don't get Deshaun Watson, I mean, what a, the Steelers offensive line, like if we play the Chargers, we have no answer. We have no answer. By the way, that's scary. Khalil Mack is a second and a sixth. Do we just forget what these guys can do? Uh, every, I swear, every time oh. there's just like sitting there and look, thinking about the Steelers, and I'm like, we could have gave up a second and a sixth. TJ Watt and Khalil Mack, what are we doing? No, I'm just you kidding. know what, though? I also want to credit the Bears here. Just understanding that the defense at this point in their in their tandem, their, their tenure – they need to lead more offensive. So, you know what I mean? And I think I lost your bread. What a way to freaking end Real Talk. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Real Talk.